Can you guys hear me? I can. Hi, Kelly. I'm trying to use my headphone. Now, say something else, Kylie. Hi, Kelly. Yeah, I don't think the headphones are working. Uh-oh. Well, as long as you can hear us. You wait, you can't hear us. Oh, I can hear you. It's just, you know, hubby's playing, you know. No, put the, but just put yourself on mute. Yeah. There you go. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Well, we are right at four o'clock. Uh, we're anticipating close to 20 people uh, arriving, but I'm guessing as weekends go, we may not see all those folks, but we are definitely recording. So we will make it available to all of the rest of them. Um, Denise, you're going to do our introduction. So let me share my screen and then you can get us started. Oh, sorry. sorry, I changed all of my settings. <laughs> so now it's really having a hard time between multiple screens. Um, okay. Okay. Ready. All right. So this is going to be an exciting presentation. It's called Kappa Curiosity. So it's about everything you wish you would have known, or maybe you don't even wish you know, but <laughs> Kylie um, Smith, who is our archivist curator for um, our heritage committee. So she over she works with the um, Stuart House Museum and then does all the archives for the, or for, for the fraternity as well. Um, and then Dr. Mary Osborne, who I don't, what is your official title, Mary? I'm, Hers is the easiest. I'm the director of the Stuart House. She's the director of the Stuart House. Well, I say she is, it is the easiest, but she does a lot of other things and does a lot of, um, she has a lot of research. She puts on many, many programs for the Stuart House and the community around there. And she also um, teaches. She's like the unofficial mayor. Yes, exactly. So welcome, everyone. Thank you, Denise. Um, Denise, you are also a co-host, so I will let you monitor the waiting room from here on out. Um, but thank you for joining us. Dr. Oz and I decided to put together um, our own digital cabinet of curiosities um, we wanted to pull items from the archives and the Stuart House Museum, and we have some weird stuff that's really interesting. So we've pulled them all together in one presentation. And really, these just touch the surface of what we found. Um, cabinets of Curiosities were also known as Wonder Rooms, which is basically the entire Stuart House. They were small collections of extraordinary objects, which, like today's museums, attempted to categorize and tell stories about the wonders and oddities of the natural world. I found this picture of a scene created by Frederick Roosh, who lived to be 93 when he died in 1731. His display included body parts and preserved organs alongside exotic birds, butterflies, mm. and plants. I was interested to read that he was both a showman and a scientist, so he often held public dissections by candlelight, and they were accompanied by music and refreshments. So there is a program idea for you, Dr. Oz. So while our curiosities aren't quite as curious, um, they're still interesting nonetheless. And fear not if there are some curiosities that you are already familiar with in our collection, but they're not included this time, it's because we're saving them for a future program. So let's start with accessories. 
And I'm with Iris Apple on this one. Accessories are where it's at, and that's what I would spend my money on. But when you're talking about an accessory like this, it's probably going to cost way more than most dresses. The 16th century poison ring of Beatrice Stanton Woodman from our Phi chapter at, at Boston is a gorgeous example of workmanship. It has the emerald on the front and it's surrounded by diamonds and intricately detailed hand chasing on the gold. The stuff that gives it the swirly look there on the side. The emerald has a carving of Minerva, Kappa's patron goddess on the front, and then an intaglio or a reverse cameo on the inside that one appraiser said was Bacchus, the god of wine, and a second appraiser said it was a Roman soldier. So either one. Poison rings have come in and out of fashion for hundreds of years, and it's people like me that perpetuate the less than likely purpose for the ring to hold poison for your enemies. It's a fanciful story that we love to retell, but most historians agree that the amount of poison needed <laughs> wouldn't really actually fit in a small ring like that. So during the Renaissance, especially, the owner of this ring was more likely to carry something of good luck in it, a religious relic like hair or the blood of a saint. And if you can't get your hands on an antique ring like bees, perhaps you can appreciate this 18 karat gold and ruby secret ring. And it's just $13,000. So now, Dr. Oz, do you want to share a little bit about the items that you have there at the Stewart House? Yes. Um, so uh, first, I have uh, some hair jewelry uh, that I'd like to share with you. Uh, the Victorians had a very different attitude towards death uh, than we have today. And so one way to preserve the memory of a loved one was by saving their hair and weaving it into jewelry. Um, a hair wreath um, like is um, uh, pictured in the upper left uh, corner there on the screen might contain samples from many different family members and then uh, hair jewelry um, like the armband love known as a lover's token and then we also have hair earrings at the Stewart house um, they required special looms and tools uh, to create them but first women would save their hair of course they were encouraged to brush their hair every night and they would save it in the receiver um, there that's in the lower uh, left hand corner um, okay so we can we can move on to the next slide okay uh, so we have a picture here of taxidermy taxidermy birds um, that photo was taken when those birds were still at the uh, Heritage Museum in Columbus, um, but they now live in the library at the Stewart House. And then we also have, uh, oh, and then I'll get to the next slide in a minute. But so nature was very popular um, during the 19th century. And taxidermy was one way for people to display their appreciation of nature and their mastery of it. So taxidermy became fashionable in the 1850s in England, and then interest in this science spread to the United States during the following decades. Uh, in the next slide, you'll see uh, wax flowers. And arranging these wax flowers was another way for women to practice and showcase their manual dexterity. Chatelaines were the Swiss army knife for women and they, like the poison ring, have come and gone in popularity through the years. The Greeks and Romans had similar pieces, but then of course the Victorians exploded their popularity again. 
Um, the 1870s fleur-de-lis chatelaine that is now displayed at the Stuart House Museum has all kinds of neat tools the lady of the house might need throughout the day. My favorite is the perfume vial where you can still smell perfume on the glass stopper. And then the stamp box, since stamps were essentially currency to the Victorian, to the Victorian woman. A way to keep in touch and communicate without being censored by the men uh, in her life uh, most of the time anyway. And then um, you can see there are differences. So the, the Chatelaine we have at the Stuart House is an American uh, model of the Chatelaine. We know that because it's actually would be pinned to a woman's um, uh, the bodice of her dress or, or her at her belt. But then a British version of the Chatelaine would actually be worn um, on the belt um, instead. So there's a very elaborate one we found online from Scotland and it's huge, uh, gigantic. And then um, if you were a fan of Downton Abbey, you might remember that Mrs. Hughes and her jangling key ring um, was a more modern version of the Chatelaine. Those keys were typically to a liquor and wine cabinet, a silver closet and other important storage areas. So the Chatelaine was also a sign of importance, whether it was the actual lady of the house or the top housekeeper that wore one. Um, and then next, we have the badge of Kappa Alpha Sigma. Kappa Alpha Sigma was a local sorority founded at Monmouth College around the turn of the 20th century, around 1901. Um, after years of petitioning the fraternity, Kappa Alpha Sigma was installed as the Alpha Deuteron chapter of Kappa Kappa Gamma in October, 1934. All right, thank you, Dr. Oz. Now, Bones. Who doesn't like to learn more about bones? Bones have featured in Cabinets of Curiosities, probably long before Cabinets of Curiosities even existed. People saved bones because they were interesting. They saved them for decoration and to show conquest like a mounted skull after the hunt. And in 1893, the Swarthmore chapter of Phi Kappa Psi Men's Fraternity gave an arm bone gavel embellished with engraved silver to Kappa's chapter there on the occasion of their founding. The band around the middle says Kappa Kappa Gamma, and there is also a fleur-de-lis. And if you've forgotten your basic anatomy, like me, the humerus is the upper arm bone, which is fitting for such a funny gift. I can only imagine the men when they presented this gift to the Beta Iota chapter at Swarthmore. And while we're on the subject of bones, we can't forget Gamma Rowe's Mrs. Potter Brown. Gamma Rowe is our chapter at Allegheny, and they were supposedly given this skeleton in the 1880s. She appears in a scrapbook of Kappa chapters made between 1906 and 1908. And here in the photos titled Mrs. Potter Brown at Home and Mrs. Potter Brown's Trio, you'll see Mrs. Potter Brown and the members of Gamma Rowe chapter. The chapter even included her in their letters to the magazine several times. And of course, sororities don't really need any more negative attention drawn to them for weird things. So the chapter has been encouraged not to speak of Mrs. PB, but I've been told that she still makes the occasional appearance for special events. And some may be rattled by bones that are used for things other than supporting bodies, but dolls are sometimes even more unsettling to people. So Dr. Oz, I'll let you take over from here. 
I'm not sure why you would characterize them as unsettling since most some of the dolls in Kappa's collections are just delightful. <laughs> <laughs> this favor from the 1916 convention hosted by the Cornell chapter in Ithaca, New York is certainly cute. That's where the convent that's the convention where they held a powdered banquet. So I'm still not certain if this doll is supposed to be a French gentleman or George Washington. None of the records or other souvenirs indicate either way, and both were hugely popular. But the real beauty here is Rosemary, a reproduction doll that hangs out with, with me at the Stewart house. Um, playing with dolls was part of a girl's social training. Swedish designer Carl Bergner is credited with constructing the first three-faced doll. His version debuted in the 1890s. However, the first official U.S. patent for a multi-faced doll was recorded in 1866. Rosemary here has three faces that can be found by twisting the handy knob on the top of her head. So she can either be sleeping, crying, or smiling. And she definitely doesn't sing quiet songs like Ring Around the Rosie late at night while guests are trying to go to sleep, or at least they haven't told me that. So, <laughs> so there you have it, Kappa's Curiosities. This is a short one this week, but we hope that you have found some items that are as interesting to you as they are to us. Um, and we have a little bit of time if anyone has any questions or remembers any items from their chapter days, collections or curiosities that might have been in your own archives. Denise, did we miss anything Hi, that was your Sarah. favorite? Hi, Sarah. From uh, the University of Florida, and I've got a question about um, Alpha Alpha Deuteron. Um, could you please review again the significance of 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 how that can, did that contribute to our fraternity signature and our pledge pin Sigma Delta? Um, that that's an excellent question. I will pass that along to Kylie uh, since she knows a little bit more about the ritual and. Yeah. Um, so because of the Kappa Alpha Sigma, they chose that when they went underground. So the signature already existed um, and the new member pin did not come about until 1914 and is when it was officially approved. So the signature came first. Um, and oh, gosh, Denise, I forget. Was it 1886 was the first time we saw the signature and that it was approved from Kate? Yeah, well, but then she also pitched the new member pin. Um, so that would have come before Kappa Alpha Sigma um, came up with their pin and, and their whole logic with that. Okay, okay so they're unrelated. It, uh, the caption brought the question to mind for me. They, they are related. So they chose the name Kappa Alpha Sigma for their underground name, um, but they chose it from our signature. Uh, so the Kappa was for Kappa Kappa Gamma. Um, and then Alpha was for Alpha Deuteron Chapter because that was after Alpha Deuteron Chapter, or I'm sorry, after Alpha Chapter had to close. Um, and then the Sigma was because of our signature, the Delta within the Sigma. Sigma within the Delta, sorry. Oh. Okay, gotcha. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions? I just want to say I've seen Rosemary. Oh, I'm sorry, Denise. Go ahead. I was going to say that was a really good question because we don't ever explain how they came up with their name. Yeah. In underground. Well, I was going to say I remember seeing Rosemary many times, like under in her little cradle under the stairs at Heritage Museum, never having any idea she had three faces. Well, that 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 doll is different. Um, the yeah, doll the cradle under the stairs uh, was a German porcelain bisque. 
faced doll. Uh-huh. Um, she was creepy too, though, because she was very missing, creepy. She was missing a hand. <laughs> one of the interns said, "Like I just imagine herself dragging herself up with one hand up the stairs," and I was like, well, "That's a real big imagination." Uh, Rosemary was donated by um, our loyal Kappa friend Kelly Bevel Aqua. Um, I think her mother had collected dolls, and so she wondered if we were interested in it. Oh, and um, longtime active member of the um, Golden Key Alumni Association. So, so a more recent acquisition, perhaps. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Any other questions? All right. Well, like I said, this one is a quick one today. So, thank you all for joining us. It will be recorded. Um, and we will send out the recording and additional information to the chapters and associations uh, via Denise and her um, her crew of ritual and history specialists. Right. And our next one is May 21st. First. Uh, yep. May 21st. And that's going to be um, famous. What is that going to be? We're going back uh, to the, um, what do we call them? The. Early Kappa leaders, basically. Early leaders, so, yep. Yeah. So we covered some of the earliest presidents the last time. So we'll do sort of the the mid range of presidents who have lots of cool things to talk about. Is that a that's a Sunday again at four o'clock again Eastern? Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank yep. you guys and for doing that this. Is the last one of this school year. So then okay. we'll take a break and we'll restart in the fall. I think. Or were we going to do June? We can we can talk about it. I mean, we have stuff to talk about all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, I find it interesting and I always share it with my team when uh, when you guys send it out. So thank you. Are you mm-hmm. going to be, I know Denise will be at Fly, but, or Kay, yeah, Fly, but will Kylie and Mary, will you guys be there? I will be. Mary is, un, I, is that an now? Probably not, yeah. Okay. Because Mary's also going to be in Columbus in June. So we don't want to make her have to come two months in a row. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you so much everybody for joining us and hope to see you on may 21st thank you very much it was very interesting wonderful thank you and i'll be you i'll send you out the recording and um you may send send a well when you get the recording you'll actually be able to go on that link it's a youtube link and you'll be able to see the other ones so the ones that we've done earlier if you haven't been on the on the on them or see gotten the link so that way you can check out some of the other ones and then none of them are more than none of them are more than 30 minutes. We try to keep it short, sweet, just getting information out. So thank you so much. All right. Take care. Have a happy Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Denise and Mary, I sent a message to the waiting room and I said that it was quick today, but we'll send out okay. the recording soon. Perfect. Yeah. I didn't want to just have her pop in and pop out. Like she just yeah. she just joined. <clears throat> All righty. Um, what do you have going on this week? Anything big? Um, I can't even tell you what's going on at work. I literally have five, like I'm dealing with five nut employees. Oh, wow. yeah. Like, uh, not, like one had a gun. No, no, I'm not, not even joking. So one had a gun who had a breakdown. He's 27. So we got that taken care of. So he's out. So I'm trying to figure out what to do with him. I got hit in the face um, because this employee, oh yeah, it's ridiculous, Kylie. So this classified staff secretary comes to work drunk. She comes to work drunk. 
couple of times people are like, I think we're concerned. So then they call her in. It's probably been about three weeks ago, four weeks ago. She gets into the assistant principal's office and she basically goes, I'm leaving. And she bolt, 